It's Friday now And the mood is right We're gonna have some fun Show you how it's done TGI Alright, welcome to week number 166 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven and that over there is Travis. It's cold outside, Steve. It's like it winter It's pretty cold. Time. I feel like it warmed Chilly. up from a couple days ago. Like the other day it was 30s, which is, that's cold. It was it right now. It's Yeah, it's a little warmer today. 40-something? 50s? I 50s, don't even know. yeah, low, low 50s. I was outside in a short sleeve shirt when I went to the bus stop. Nope. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us. We are... Travis and Steven, and uh, we watch TGIF. And we talk about it, too. That's what we do on this show. We talk about it. It's a podcast. It's what you do on podcasts. You talk. And uh, we go back and we watch all of TGIF exactly 30 years after it aired. And this week is no different. But before we get into all of that, thank you, Joel, for the theme song this week. Thank you, Joel. Uh, you thank can you. send in your Joel. version of the theme song or send us anything you want. Uh, TGIFcast at gmail.com. That's the email address. Or follow us on all social media. You can message us through there too. TGIFcast. That's the little handle is what they're called. Handle at, Well, the handle is at, at TGIF. At TGIFcast. Cast. That's on YouTube. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And I think you can even get to it on Facebook that way. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, so that and that and then uh, that and that. So a full week of episodes. We've got four new ones. Well, four yes. four thirty year old episodes this week, and uh, yeah. we watched them they, all. Yeah, they would have aired November twentieth, nineteen ninety two. So we do like to see what was going on in that week in the news and pop culture, that kind of stuff. So um, I asked Travis if this movie ended up being number one. He said no, so uh, I no. made a note of it. Malcolm X, that movie came out November 18th, 1993, right? Two? 92? I don't even know what <laughs> I hope not 93, right 92. 92. Uh, Denzel, Denzel yeah. Washington. Denzel, Angela Bassett, Spike Lee director. Um, Angela Bassett was has, is having a really good weekend, speaking of her being you know one of the big stars in the new uh, Black Panther movie. Did you see it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I heard good things. That's really good. Really um, good. All I know about Black Panther is in Marvel Snap, if you play it and no one plays anything, it doubles its power. So it goes from a four to an eight. That's all I know. Whoa. Whoa. It's a really good movie. Worth yeah, seeing. good game too. Um, also that week, uh, November 20th, almost 30 years before she actually died, uh, Queen Elizabeth almost died because it was a fire in her house. <laughs> Define house. Uh, her house in the castle. In in Buckingham Palace or in one of her other many residences? Because she, she lived in Scotland, I think. Great question. I don't even know if she was there at the time. I just assumed she almost died because it was a fire <laughs> at her house. Yeah, Kind of forgot I, that she's got lots of houses. But this one happened at uh, her house at Windsor Castle. Windsor Castle. Yeah. Which I, I don't think she... I think I don't think that was ever her, like... Residency. Her, like, day-to-day day residence. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't follow the the royals a lot well, she all. was fine she was fine for another 30 years until she died this year like a month ago yeah so uh what about movies and music what was number one this week all new all new this is exciting all new uh new movie bram stoker's dracula oh okay um i had never actually seen bram stoker's dracula until i watched it this week it is a very strange movie so have you ever i saw it, it the year it came out i don't know if i've watched okay. it since then but uh i mean I don't remember a whole lot about it. It's an all-star cast. I mean, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Yules, a um, bunch of other people you would recognize. They go for it. They do. And it is, it's Francis Ford Coppola directs it. It's a strange movie, man. It is, it is like, it definitely plays. You can tell that the whole idea is like homages to the classic 1930s way like that they shot films. movies and monster movies and stuff. It's a very strange movie. Did you like it or you're not even sure if you liked it? So I did not like it while I was watching it. After about a day or two, I was like, you know, this movie would be good in the right. You got to be in the right state of mind. You got to be like, okay. it's a good, I could see it being like really fun to watch on Halloween night, real dark, with you know, real spooky. Like it's got, it's got its moods, but just like straight up watching, it's like, man, this is a weird movie. Uh, Do you have a favorite vampire movie? We'll go vampire in general. <laughs> a favorite vampire movie. So this is going to sound corny. But I really like the end of, um, is it Dracula 2000? Is that the one with Aaliyah? I definitely didn't see that. That was, they give this really good mythology behind the creation story of Dracula that I think that they made it for this movie. And it, I really like it. 
a lot. I don't know if that, I don't know if I'd say that's my favorite vampire movie, but it's, I really like some of the aspects of that movie. But I mean, probably if I had to pick one, it'd be Interview with a Vampire. That's what I was going to say too. 94. First movie I saw in theaters with full frontal nudity. (laughs) Full frontal, Salma Hayek, yeah. Is that who it was? Was it? No, it was Anthony. All right, Antonio. Some random girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Antonio. Wait, Wait, you're going different movie. You're. I'm going Interview with the Vampire. You're going uh, from Dust Till Dawn. No, 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 no. No. Interview. He's not. Interview the Vampire. He He is. He was the vampire. He was the vampire whose 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 layer they were in when you saw that naked lady full frontal. Brad Pitt. Who else is in it? Brad Pitt and Tom and Tom Tom Cruise were the main two characters. Kirsten Dunst. And then you had uh, Christian Slater, who was the reporter, who was kind of like yep, 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 yep. the narrator. Anthony Banderas was the another vampire that they meet along the way, and he—that's the scene with with okay. the nudity. Okay. Yeah. All right. I believe you. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I believe you. When I was fourteen, I fell in love with fourteen-year-old Kirsten Dunst. It's a little yeah. weird to say that now, but it was—you know—I was. I get it. Don't worry. It was age. It was age appropriate at the time. Yeah. So. Um, Are you guys so yeah, the same age? That. I mean, we got to be about the same age, right? I don't know. When I mean, you said you were fourteen; she was fourteen. Uh, I feel just, like she I'm was just, like she was like eight. But I'm making numbers up here. I don't know. Let me see. I can. I can we can find out. We're, we're, we're really on a, we're on a tangent here. I bet you she's no, we're, four she's like, years older than you. She's about four months older than me. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that was Bram That's Stoker's movie. Dracula. That was number one. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Number one. Okay. Number one song. I don't know if you're going to remember this. I remember this mm. song clearly, but I don't think it was ever like, it's not one that people talk about. How do you talk to an angel by the fake band, the Heights from the TV show, the Heights. Do you, do you have any recollection of this at all? Is it a ballad? It is. It is. It's, sung, it's actually sung by a guy named Jamie Walters, who was the actor in the, in the show, the Heights about the band, the Heights. It was kind of like very 90210 ish. Melrose place ish. only lasted for, for 12 12 episodes and they canceled it. So this is the song from the show? From the show. Like the yes. theme song? And no, no, I don't want to call it the theme song. They had like a, they did like, an, so the show was about the band, The Heights. And I don't remember they would show. do like an original song every week. And this was like one of the first ones they did. You mean to tell me the girls from Just the Ten of Us couldn't make number one, but The Heights cast made it on there? That's what we got, man. All right. I, I remember this song very clearly, but I don't think it's I one need to movies. listen to it. I feel like I do, but maybe I don't. If you listen to it, you probably remember okay. it. Okay. But all right. Um. All right. So and then birthdays? two birthdays. Yeah, we got two birthdays. We had Angela Watson. Uh, had her birthday on Saturday, the twelfth. So happy birthday, <sighs> happy Angela. Happy birthday, Karen. Karen from Step by Step, and another Step by Step birthday on uh, yesterday, the seventeenth. Brandon Call, JT. Happy birthday, Brandon. Yeah. All right. So like we said, we've got a full week of new episodes for you. So let's get into it with Family Matters. This is your 8 o'clock show. It's season four, episode 10. The Oddest Couple is the name of the episode. And let me say, before we get into this, this is a full week of like topics that are like serious topics, I feel like, this this week of TGIF. Yeah, I would say it was a serious week. Yeah, I agree. They try. I mean, they do their own TGIF spins on things, but of course, uh, it's pretty serious. It starts off. We've got Laura. She's complaining to Steve because uh, he won't stop making farm animal impressions. Is that what he's doing? Specifically, a chicken. Chicken. And uh, Carl, like, kind of hears what's going on, tries to get away, but Steve um, still does his uh, yodeling chicken impression, and then uh, goes over to Carl, and they talk about curfew i hope i'm not jumping too far ahead but uh he's like don't you have a curfew steve and he's like looking at his alarm clock and he's like yeah right. that's it it's midnight i'm allowed to go home now well the reason the curfew comes up is because because eddie uh yeah carl is kind of in a bad mood well he's in a bad mood because eddie is an hour late for his curfew which i, I believe is what 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock yeah. um and, and and it's a school night so so, um, but yes, Steve is not allowed to go home. Steve has reverse curfew. They, his right. parents don't want him to come home until a certain time. So, okay. Correct. So theme song, Eddie's finally getting home. Uh, it's after curfew. We know that Waldo and, uh, Alex, Weasel. who we know is uh weasel at this point, um, yep. are there with him. They're being a little too loud. I think Carl's probably awake anyways, but Carl, well, Eddie, Eddie's trying to sneak in and yeah. And, and his friends are not making that very easy. Cause I think Carl was ready for him to come in anyways, but, uh, he catches him. 
and tells him that he is in major trouble, um, sends the guys home, and tells him that uh, he needs to obey his curfew rules or it's just going to be bad news for him. And Eddie tells him he's tired of him treating him like a kid and embarrassing him in front of his friends. And Carl says, you mean that weasel guy that moons the parking attendants? Because that's what they were doing. Weasel well, that's, was just well, that's weasel mooning was doing. Yeah, was, parking attendants yeah. while what Eddie just watched is what he said. Yeah, and laughed. Uh, but yeah, he's tired of the way he's treating him. And Carl says uh, he's grounded for a month. And Eddie says, that's it. I'm moving out. I'm out. See you later. I'm going to find an apartment in Chicago. Yeah, so that's where we're at later. Um, we've got Eddie in the kitchen. He's looking in the newspaper, trying to find an apartment. Everything's pretty expensive. I mean, for back then, I guess, because it's real cheap right now. But... Um, <laughs> His grandma tells him that uh, he needs. Oh, to, you mean uh, the the prices that they were saying? They're 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 looking at like three hundred dollar apartments oh, in Chicago. Yeah, 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 super cheap. Yeah. So his grandma tells him, uh, "You need to stop. You need to get this all figured out with your parents. Um, this is the cheapest rent you're ever going to find because it's free and uh, doesn't make sense for you to move out at this point in your life. It does not. I mean, and it just it just doesn't generally make sense. Yeah. So he's she's like, you need to follow your parents' rules, and at this point too, Steve comes over. Steve's upset because his parents won't let him do any more experience, uh, experiments, Exper- sorry. experiment, science, yeah. And uh, the latest thing he was trying to do was make these like food grenades, like bombs that looked like food. And he like, yep, yep, yep. He uh, accidentally blew his dad up with some bread, I believe. Well, his dad, it was an egg. He's it not was an egg. His, in many he pieces. Left, he left an egg in the uh, one of these egg grenades in the fridge, and his dad found it and. Blew himself up. Yeah, like blew him from one room to the other. So his dad was like, that's it. No more experiments. Um, and Steve's like, fine. If you want me to do any more experiments, I'm moving out. So now we've got Steve. We've got Eddie. They both want to get out perfect. of their house. Eddie's like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Steve, you want to go get an apartment with me together? And uh, I think they talk about money a little bit at this point. Like, I can only afford $300 or something like that. And he's like, well, well, Steve's like, I can afford um, $300 a month. And, and he's like, great. Let's look for something about 320 Yeah. So the next scene, um, we've got Steve and Eddie looking at an apartment. Um, we've got like the realtor guy showing them a uh, $325 a month apartment. Eddie wants to get it. Uh, Steve's a little unsure, but this guy is like real pushy. Like, let's get this thing done. Like for some reason we know something's wrong with this apartment. Yeah. Um, Eddie talks Steve into signing. They sign, they give him the first month's rent, which was negotiated down without even trying. And he runs out of there. The, uh, landlord, now that he knows he's got these laughing, two, runs out laughing. It's got him hooked. Uh, and then seconds later, a, a train comes by. Steve says it's the L train, and everything starts shaking. Drywall is falling from the ceiling. They know how they got this apartment now for three hundred twenty-five bucks. Yeah, and I think we need to mention that the apartment comes with bunk beds, which is nice. Gives them, you know, yeah, helps them save on furniture. Fully furnished. Um, I do struggle with the amount of amount of debris that falls on them every time a train goes by because I feel like you would just have an open hole in the ceiling. It's just way too much. It's not sustainable. Yeah, that's true. Unless so. they had like um, those popcorn painted ceilings, like the texture. Even ceilings. still, it's it's way too much. It's way too much. Too much to be believable, or too much to to like... be. To, I mean, there would just be a hole in the ceiling because there, like, there's so much. It would just there would be no tile or plaster or whatever left above yeah, them. I get you. Um, so then we go. Uh, later the same night, I believe, right? Um, Seems like they don't it. really it say. Could be another I, I don't night. know. It's not They're moved in, so I, yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, Eddie and Urkel are uh, dancing to "I'm Too Sexy." That song gets a lot of play in this uh, well, TGIF they just did universe. That. I think it's an Eddie thing because Eddie, a couple episodes ago, Eddie came down the stairs singing "I'm Too Sexy." Yeah, so Steve and Eddie are both singing "I'm Too Sexy." Um, Steve tells Eddie that uh, he's working on another experiment. Shows him his microscope. Eddie looks in there, and it's a whole bunch of like Steve Urkel <laughs> bacteria, like microscopic. Well, well, when he says faces. I developed the first single cell uh, organism with high intelligence. And yeah, and he looks in the microscope, and it's just Steve Urkel's face, just like fifty of them, like scattering around the microscope. on bacteria. Pretty funny. This is just a cop of a rip off of the dinosaurs episode where they zoomed into the bacteria last week. Um. So another train comes by. They pull out umbrellas. They get some umbrellas to deal with the uh, falling debris. That's a dog. Uh, 
All right, so then Steve shows him his newest invention, which I don't know if you'd really call it an invention. It's just a recliner chair that he planted grass all over, but he calls it a lawn chair. I was really wondering if they were going to have some like Chia Pet reference here, or they just maybe, maybe they couldn't get the licensing to say Chia Pet, but make like a alas. Chia chair or something. But I don't lawn know. chair is still pretty witty. It's pretty good. Dumb invention, but uh, Eddie was uh, supposed to go to the store while all this was going on, but instead he ran into some girl, took her to the movies and dinner, and spent all of the two of their uh, money that was supposed to be for groceries on movie and dinner. Yeah, and Urkel's mad because he's starving, and Eddie had a nice dinner with the lady and got to see a movie, and Urkel has nothing now. Yeah, I mean, Eddie does find some food. He pulls out some celery, but then Steve realizes <laughs> that the celery is actually one of his uh, food bombs that he Only created. after Eddie pulls a piece of celery off and, let, and sets the bomb off. Which they throw out the window, I believe, right? They do. And uh, then, oh, they get ready for bed. They both pull down the blinds in the, uh, I guess, out to the alley or something like that. Uh, Eddie pulls down his first. I forgot who his was. It's a Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. And then Steve pulls down his, and it's a picture, like a poster-sized picture of Laura. When he talk, he says, like, now that's a woman or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, right. So then uh, Eddie goes up and gets into his bunk. He's in the top bunk. Did you suspect Eddie to be a top bunker or did you think he was I thought he'd be bottom? a bottom bunk guy because, you know, he's a big dude and yeah. and it just seems easy to jump into bed. But maybe it's a feet thing. Maybe like it lets him hang his feet off the bed a little bit easier. I don't know. It did surprise me, though. Eddie takes the top bunk. Um, we find out he also wears a headgear for like his uh, his overbite, so we get to see that. Right. And uh, Steve gets his chance to uh, make fun of Eddie, who's wearing that, which uh, pretty funny, I guess. Um, knock at the door, they go get it. It's Carl. Carl's there. Eddie's not happy to see him. Carl brought a cake, which Steve immediately attacks and devours because <laughs> he hasn't had anything to eat. He, we did. We saw this once before with Steve, right? Like eating like crazy. I don't remember that, but we do see this again in another episode this week. I feel like there was another episode of Steve just like going crazy eating something. I, don't I'm sure, was, I mean, but... I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. So Carl tells Eddie that he wants him to come home. Uh, they're going to have a little party for Judy for her birthday, but Eddie doesn't want to. Um, Steve steps in and says that uh, Eddie really needs to uh, grow up. The two of them need to work things out, and they both need to tell each other how they feel. And... Uh, they do this. They take Steve's advice. They both agree that they miss each other. They love each other. They love each other. They hug it out. Uh, Carl, Carl says he went into Eddie's room and got a little misty-eyed when he wasn't there the other night. Uh, Carl, of course, wants him to come home tomorrow. And then uh, Eddie says, I don't think so, Dad. Can I just come home tonight? And then uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the episode. Was there? I don't. I didn't have a credit scene of mine. Did you have anything? I did have another scene on mine after. Uh, oh, what happened? So, um... They're at home. Eddie's eating. He's catching up on his on his meals. And Estelle, Estelle asks Steve if Steve's parents are happy. And and Eddie, or no, excuse me, she, she asks Eddie if Steve's parents are happy that he's home. And Steve's or Eddie's like, no, they're they're mad. They 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 kick out the new tenant that they just brought in. That's funny. Um, and then they cut to the apartment, and it's a scene. You see Laura standing there, and she's yelling at Steve. You don't see Steve, and she's like, you just you didn't want me to help you move. You just tried to get me over here so you could give me a kiss. And then you cut to Steve, and he's tied up to the bed, uh, to the bunk bed with with extension cords. And she leaves. Train comes by, and just all the stuff covers him because he can't get to the, Man. To the umbrellas. I missed a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's that it's a lot quicker. Like I probably talked more than the the length of the scene, but that's what happens. All right. Um, so how did they get out of that lease? That's, that's what, what I was wondering. Like, was it just like uh, you didn't tell us month about to the train month kind of thing? or? Could yeah, month I, I, I wonder too. All I right. wonder the same. Eight thirty. It's step by step time. Season. Well, two. you know what it probably was. They're both minors, and they probably went and said, "We can't actually sign this lease by ourselves." <laughs> so, and that was your mistake. Yeah, because I guess they did sign something, or Steve did, right? So yeah, I think I think you're right. Steve, we saw Steve sign. Step by step. Eight thirty. Season two, episode ten. Virgin territory is the name of this episode. We've got uh, Cody. We've got JT. We've got Brendan. They're uh, at the diner. That's still a thing, and uh, yeah, Dana's working, and Carol comes in talking about Karen's working too. Yeah, she comes over in a little bit. Um, Carol comes in though to uh, tell. Wait, is that Frank. is Frank? Isn't Frank there? Frank is there. All the guys are there. They just came from a basketball game. Frank was playing. Was Brendan in... there? 
Um, no, it was JT, Cody, and Frank. Okay. Because, and Frank had, for whatever reason, been allowed to play in a uh, Girl Scouts basketball game, and he was really excited about how much he dominated, and JT and Cody were giving him a hard time. And then Carol walks in. Yeah, and he's she's like giving him a hard time because uh, they went to the doctor, and he's got some cholesterol issues where he needs right. to uh, cut it out of his diet. Karen's their waitress. She comes over, brings their food, a bunch of burgers and fries. Bacon cheeseburgers. Karen, uh, or Carol immediately takes Frank's burger and says, nope, you can't eat it. I'm taking you to some healthy restaurant down the street. Like the Tofu Cafe, Tofu Cafe. And Frank's like, that lady doesn't even shave her legs or pits. I'm not going. And eventually he agrees. Um, Cody says that uh, he also used to be a vegetarian, something we didn't know about until he found out that that included uh, not eating meats. <laughs> I thought this was going to be another peach joke, but no luck. <laughs> So uh, theme song, we come back to uh, JT. Uh, he and Cody are still in the diner, right? Correct. And uh, they see the Peterson sisters. Kimmy and Kelly. Anyone important? Are they in many more episodes no. or anything like that? No. 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 There's a little discrepancy here, I think, in the continuity where they, at this point, they say that Kimmy and Kelly are new to town. Okay. Which seems odd given the rest of the episode. But I mean, whatever. they might be real, like going for it in that case but uh anyways we find out that their motto is just say yes they are real easy they get around a lot and uh yeah i mean if they haven't been around that long if they're new to the town that'd be pretty quick yeah jt thinks that this is a good opportunity to send them over a coat buys them buys them a small soda um ladies love soda no one's what does that say He sends him over the soda, and then JT goes over to actually ask out Kelly, and Kelly's like, Kelly says no. Kelly rejects him. I don't know. If I'm trying. I'm trying to jog your memory on your notes here, but it says she no says, one blank out with her. No, no one, one strikes out. No strikes one. out with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her motto is okay. just say yes. No one ever strikes out with her. That's what it is. And then uh, yep. JT goes and asks Kelly to the movies, and she turns him down at first, but then her sister Kimmy um, is like. Well, can I change your mind? Like what? No, if- no, 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 no. Let's talk about this for a second. She says no. And then when JT walks away, Kelly- Kimmy says, why did you say no? And Kelly's like, I thought I'd try something different. Yeah, try something and, different. And this is when Kimmy, and this is establishing that these 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 two girls are probably, you know, they're, they're probably pretty, pretty fast moving girls. Pretty loose. Uh, that's the term. What's that? Loose. I don't want to, I'm trying to be nice. We can do whatever they want. Um, but Kimmy, like you said, Kimmy makes an effort to change Kelly's mind. Yeah. And she's like, well, I mean, why don't we say yes? And then we can double date. I'll go out with Cody. You can go out with JT. And she's- Because she's into Cody. She And so she's trying to she's trying to get her to change her mind so she can go on a date with Cody. Yeah, she's like, okay. like that, that That's all it took for her to change that's her it. mind. And yeah. then they go and ask out the guys. And of course, uh, JT and Cody say, yeah, we'll go out with you. They're in. So- easy, easy win. Next scene, we've got the family eating lobster. Uh, I was like, how did they get all this lobster? But apparently, Carol does explain it. That, uh, they explain it. There was something going on in the restaurant like gave it all to him for like some work that Frank no, did. No, no, right? no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, he basically, Frank had helped some it was guy. was a trade deal. A lobster, a lobster restaurant. This guy gave a bunch of lobsters a thank you. Yeah, and all the kids are chowing. I didn't expect all the kids to be lobster fans. Like, I thought we might have who's some picky a, eaters. but uh, Who's not a lobster fan? I don't know, like six-year-olds? Ugh. So anyways, they're all dipping butter and eating lobster and everything. And Frank comes in. He's real excited when he sees the lobster. Goes over, gets a claw. And Carol stops him. Gives him his lobster, which is a tofu sculpture (laughs) that she sculpted into look like a lobster. And uh, he's not having his his butter dipped meat tonight. Uh, The kids are giving him a hard time, of course. Especially Dana, who... uh, Anytime Frank is not allowed to do something, she takes her chance and uh, gives him a hard time. Oh, well, she gives anybody a hard time. That's true, too. It's not just Frank. It's anyone in that family, at least. And uh, Carol tells him that uh, he can't eat it. And then Dana just gives the camera a real big smile that she's pretty excited to see that he can't have it. He does eventually. He does agree to eat the tofu lobster, though. Good for him. Uh, JT, Cody, and the Petersons were back at the diner. 
the uh, movie's finished. They go back to the diner after the movie for some reason. JT suggests, uh, why don't we go to Suck Face Hill? I'm, I'm real glad they brought that name back and oh, continued yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. The landmarks stick around in the show. I was literally going to write, I, I was already starting to write Suck Face Hill, thinking that he wasn't <laughs> going to say Suck Face Hill, but he uh, proved me wrong. Suck Face um, Hill. The Petersons are like, we're bored of that place. We don't want to go there. Why don't well, we go I, back? Because they've gone every night for the last week. Yeah. Why don't we go back to uh, our house? Our parents aren't there. And JT is like, oh, yeah, it's time. It's happening. He is thrilled. He, yeah, he's down. He's ready. And uh, Cody, though, like the girls walk away at this point, And Cody and JT are kind of talking. And Cody, not that happy. He decides he's going to back out and tells JT... Go by yourself. I'm actually saving myself. I'm a virgin. I'm not going. Yeah, and JT is like shocked. Yeah, he can't believe it. He can't believe, one, that he's turning this down, and two, that he's even a virgin at all. Like, he had no idea. And uh, Cody's like, here's here's the keys to my van. I'm going home. We also, like, read Cody also doubles down. It's like, no, it's something I really strongly believe in. I'm saving myself for the right woman. Yeah. Good for Cody. Um, so back at the house, we've got uh, Frank and Carol. I think they're making out on the couch, or at least on the they couch. They're not making out on the couch. They're no. sitting on the couch, and Carol is feeding Frank rice cakes, and Frank is, right. is taking a bite and then spitting them out behind Carol's back. In between the cushions. Uh, Mark <laughs> yeah. and Brendan and Al come in. They've got a laundry basket full of food that Frank had uh, hiding in his car or in his truck. I guess this was... Truck. This was not food that he just put in there and is eating during this. Is it? This is just stuff he always has in his truck. I think it is. I think this is a, a secret stash okay. based on dietary restrictions. So he's got. They they come in with all this food. They're like, let's go get the toolbox. That's where he keeps like his pepperoni or something like that. Uh, Cody comes home at this point too. He's all sad. Um, mm-hmm. He sits down to talk to Frank about what happened, and uh, Carol's like there too. But then they quickly realize this is a sex talk. So Carol gets out of there. And uh, Cody tells Frank uh, what happened with JT and the girls and how he's trying to save himself for love and for marriage. And he's like, all right, I I, I respect that. But where's JT? And he's like, oh. (laughs) Well, he immediately realizes that if Cody came home because these girls were proposing sex, then that means that JT is still with these two girls who are proposing sex. And and that is a problem yeah so frank jumps off the couch starts to run out the door to save jt or not save jt but go capture jt and bring him back home and uh jt's already there he's uh coming in the door he's uh he's mad at cody immediately for ruining his chances i guess what happened is uh as soon as the girls found out that cody was out they were out well cody was the draw originally you know So uh, JT's mad. He goes upstairs, and uh, Cody is just wondering, like, is he doing the right thing by waiting? He's not sure. Um, he says that he's trying to make a moral decision to uh, save himself, but Frank says that he supports him, and uh, only Cody can decide what's right for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So from this scene, we go to, uh, I guess, is is it that night, a little later? Yeah. I yeah, so. I mean, we get the impression it's that night. There's no real time stamp here. Frank is uh, sneaking a midnight snack. He's down there, and uh, it's this giant sundae. Like, he takes a half gallon of Edie's <laughs> ice cream, peels off the top, squeezes all the Hershey syrup he's got left Yeah, he's left eating in right there. out of the container. Empties a can of whipped cream, grabs a spoon, switches it out for a serving spoon that's even bigger, goes to dig in. He does get like a squirt of whipped cream in his mouth, so he gets a little something. But uh, Carol comes down right before he takes a bite of his sundae. Done. Over. Yeah, and he wants it bad. You can tell like how bad he wants this sundae. Like he's fighting for it. But uh, Carol tells him that, uh, well, if you come back to bed, we can play the lucky burglar, which we can only assume <laughs> what the lucky burglar is. But uh, well, And he's really torn. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want that or if I want this this uh, snack. He's like, I've said, never, it's never been this difficult of a decision. She says it's either junk food or me. And he does end up picking Carol and going upstairs to play lucky burglar. Lucky burglar. So uh, next scene, we've got uh, Karen and Dana. They are getting home from work probably uh, the next day. Yeah. And, uh, they're talking about uh, Cody turning down Kimmy because no one's ever turned down Kimmy. And uh, well, this whole thing is like going around the school. It's like a big to do. Yeah. And uh, this is where they find out from Carol that Cody's actually a virgin and they're surprised. But we also find out that Dana and Karen 
I mean, we're assuming based on the context clues that they're giving that they are also virgins. And no, they both say they are. They, they don't sp- say they are, but Dana I mean, it's does. pretty clear that they are. Dana specifically says that she is. And Karen says, Mom, I'm just a tease. She does say that. Um, Which Car- is, I think, enough of an affirmative statement. So Carol's proud of him. Um, next scene, we've got uh, JT going to the backyard. Cody's back there. Cody's got his ice like in... Uh, his feet. Yeah, his feet in ice, right? Or Yeah, he's like soaking his feet. Yeah, which we'll figure out later what that's for. But um, JT's apologizing to Cody for the way that he uh, acted and reacted to uh, Cody the night before. And then uh, he's like, I'm surprised my dad hasn't called me in for like a talk in his tool shed. And then the uh, tool shed door opens up and Frank's like, hey, JT, I got to talk to you about something. Come here. It's like, I'll see you in a few hours, Cody. Good luck. Yeah. And then as he goes in there, uh, Kimmy Peterson shows up to uh, talk to Cody and wants to know why he turned her down. It's really bothering her. No one ever turns her down. And uh, he tells her that uh, he believes in sex after marriage and that he's saving himself and uh, that he really just thinks that it's a good idea to hang out with somebody first before, you know, doing anything. And she's like, well, I mean, I'm surprised that you would even like me still if I didn't just give give up well, myself for you. She's genuinely shocked. She's like, wait a second. Wait a second. So you're telling me that we can hang out. And we don't have to have sex. Like we can just hang out as friends and and do things. Yeah. He's like, like yeah. And then he gets like real serious with her and he's like, you really need to change your lifestyle. <laughs> AIDS is a big problem in the world today. Nobody <laughs> runs. Like I'm sorry to laugh at that, but it was such a weirdly out of place line. I mean, it's a, it's you know it's already kind of a serious episode, and then he goes on that like two sentence AIDS AIDS tangent, which I get it. It was very relevant back in the time, but it was so weirdly out of place during this conversation. Yeah, and he's like, but yeah, we can hang out still. Why don't we uh, get something to eat? And we, we can actually go to my uh, my uncle's uh, truck and go get a ham sandwich. So <laughs> right. two of them go off. Who knows what happens? Maybe she talks Cody into something in the truck. Doubt it. Cody's guess. steadfast. Good for him. Uh, that's it, though. That's the end of the season. They go off to the truck. Not end of the season. End of the episode. They go off to the truck. They eat ham sandwiches, which is code for sex. And then credit scene. Uh, <laughs> credit we, scene. We do have a credit scene with a pizza delivery guy showing up to the house. Uh, Frank quickly stops him and tells him, don't knock on the door. Well, Frank's like hiding, hiding in the bushes. Yeah, hiding in yeah. the bushes, nighttime. <laughs> he's like, here, give me that pizza. He pays him, gives him $10 tip, opens it up, finds out there's no pepperoni on the pizza. It is a tofu pizza. Carol comes out from the house. She's like... Yeah, you gave him a $10 tip, well, I gave him a $20 tip, and then that's the end of the episode. And that guy's out with a 30 bucks. He's like, see ya. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm delivering some tofu pizza for that. Uh, sure. Nine o'clock, we've got uh, Dinosaurs, season three, episode eight. Uh, License to Parent is the name of the episode, and it starts off, we've got uh, Fran getting ready to run some errands with Baby. I think I was falling asleep during this episode, so you might have to fill in a lot on this one. You're right so far. You're on track. Uh, Earl is uh, very occupied, though. He got a new car, and all he's doing is uh, reading the car manual nonstop. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, he's very protective over this car and wants to know everything about it. And then uh, Fran is, like, trying to see if he's paying attention at all, and she talks about, like, going and dancing naked in the uh, driveway. Of course, he doesn't hear any of this. And uh, Fran says she's leaving to go out and run the errands and she's taking the new car and it takes Robbie to tell him that that's what she said for him to finally notice and then he runs out to stop her and then ends up driving them to do some errands. Did you see the name of the car? No. Like I didn't. what what model? It's Le, Sa- Le Sabretooth. So instead of a Le Saber, which you know, is a car that we all know, Le Sabretooth. Um, so we find out baby that the, the first thing they're doing or the main thing right we now get like a driving like, scene. We don't, we, I don't think we've seen them driving ever before, which is kind of, I didn't cool. even know they had cars until this episode. Yeah. So they're <laughs> so, driving, um, baby's going to the doctor. Yeah. And Fran and Earl are still arguing about, uh, I guess the car and stuff. And Earl distracted, almost crashes the car. Uh, well, well, so what happens is really the, the thing here is that baby is being fussy because he doesn't want to go to the doctor. Fran gives him a cupcake to help ease him, like, you know, calm him down. And Carl first starts getting upset because Earl. now baby's eating. Earl, sorry. Earl is not, first gets upset because now baby is eating a cupcake in the brand new car. And then baby drops the cupcake and all of the like arguing back and forth on the floor. And, and Earl goes down to get the cupcake. And then as he's doing this, he's distracted. He almost gets, they like drive under, I, I assume, like some kind of large dinosaur that almost steps on him. And then Earl eats the cupcake 
as a as kind of retribution against baby at which point the car is pulled over by what we presume to be the police yep the police pull the car over and uh asks for his license but no not his driver's license he wants his parent uh parent, parent license is that what they call it parent license Parenting license, the parent patrol. Parenting license. Yeah. Yep. He's with the parent patrol, and uh, he tells Earl that he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. He starts, <laughs> It's it, things just escalate from here. His first, he writes him a ticket for yelling at a crying child, and he should have comforted him. Um, Earl then tries to bribe the officer and gets another citation for setting a bad mortal example for a child. And then. The baby says that Earl ate the cup. Well, before that, like the the parent patrol guy says, like if you get one more ticket, you get oh, yeah. your like you get your license taken away, and that's what when baby like perks up a little bit. That says he also ate my cupcake. Yep, and he's like, "That's it. I'm revoking your license until you go to parenting school." So I mean, it's kind of funny. Like it's all. And here's a here's a book to study. Oh yeah, he gives him the book. Um, so that's where we go next. We are at parenting school now. Um, don't know what that says. Well, the other so there's there's two other dads there, and the babies are all there with their respective dads. And the other dads have clearly studied this manual that they have. Whereas Earl said, "I don't need a manual. I've been a parent for 15 years. I know everything there is to know about being a dad, about being a parent." Oh yeah, this is also where he says um, he says this whole system's crazy. I mean, you don't need a license to go fishing or own a gun, but you have to have a license to be a parent, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, opposite. that was a good, right. Um, so yeah, the other dads have been studying for this exam that they know they're going to have to take. Earl, like you said, um, thinks that he knows everything, doesn't need to study. Class starts. It's just the three of them and their kids. So it's like these three dads and they all have their kids there. And, uh, then they start going through like a bunch of scenarios to like learn the proper way to act when different things happen. So, um, they first, uh, the instructor comes by, pours a little milk on everyone's uh, high chair, all the kids' high chairs. And tries to see how the parents react. And the first two, of course, are like completely by the book, these other two parents. And then Earl like tries to be by by the book, but he didn't really read the book. But uh he's doing well, a great he job. Kinda like, he kinda like watches what the other dads do to try to copy what they're doing. That's right. At at first. Yeah, and he's doing a great job. He's being super loving and like not giving him baby a hard time, but then baby throws uh some of the milk on Earl. And uh, Earl, of course, snaps as the instructor is watching and uh, Earl trying to kill baby. Chokes him. Chokes him. Um, Then we've got like a little uh, scenario of them pretending to be at the doctor's getting a shot. I didn't really write anything else other than that. There's one like eating the the pet and there's like this whole like cue cards that they kind of scan over. Yeah. Um, They go through like coping with an imaginary uh, friend and uh, Earl (laughs) creates an imaginary gun and shoots baby's imaginary friend. (gasps) Right. right. And then uh, this is when the instructor tells him, that's it. You failed this. Uh, Come back in 30 days and try again. Yep. No dice. Yep. So uh, we're back at home now. Earl is uh, throwing away this manual from the uh, from the class and says, no one will ever tell me how and when I can parent. And as he's saying this, uh, the parenting police show up. He's got... No, like no, no, a, no, no, no. No? No, that's not... Well, Robbie comes in and says, hey, can I borrow the car? Earl says no. And that's when the officer comes in and says, whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot parent right now. You are not licensed to make parental decisions. Yeah, and this uh, guy's going to, like, watch him for the next 30 days and yeah. make sure that he doesn't make any uh, parental decisions. Officer Bettelheim, who is played by Michael McKean, who is, you would know him from a dozen different things. Um, I think most notably, he's, like, he's in a lot of the, uh, like, Chris Guest movies, so Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, uh, you know, Best in Show. He's in a lot of those. Okay. This guy, you would 100% recognize this guy as soon as you saw him. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, so what we have now is we've got a house with only Fran being able to make any parenting decisions. She's the only one with a license. Earl can't do anything. So really, if the kids need anything, it's Fran's decision of what happens. Right, and and the officer says, like, I'm going to be here with you until this is all, until you have your license back. And Earl actually goes and digs the, well, no, I'm sorry, Earl does not. The Someone officer gets, it, right? gets, yeah, the officer gets the manual out of the trash and hands it back to Earl and says, Don't forget, 30 out. days, you got to retake this test. Yep. So uh, next scene is like at dinner, uh, baby is annoying Earl while Earl's trying to study. Earl threatens him. Baby calls for the, the parental police to come save him. And baby says, uh, 
then I forget what happens. I think the police just like warn them or something. Well, the, the, they don't really, I mean, the, 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 do they even come the parental police? at that point? Yeah. He's there and he says, you know, you can't do anything. You can't punish the child. Baby then takes his diaper off to further provoke Earl. Um, and Earl says, Fran, come take, come, come take care of this. And Fran's kind of doing all these things. And Earl says, wait, wait, wait a second. You have to, babies need consistency. Babies need to be able to, you know, they need to take a nap. They need to be in a routine. And when you disrupt that, things go haywire. And hey, real Fran's quick, like, is baby's actual name Junior? No, it's, ba- it's baby. I, he did call him he Junior, which him I thought junior was strange. Here. Yeah, uh, which was weird, but no, it's it's baby. Um, and so Earl's like, no, this is the right thing to do. And Fran is like, I don't know. No, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the officer's like, you know what, though? Earl's right. And you need to listen to Earl. And now I'm giving you a citation for not giving a consistent environment to a baby. So she gets her first ticket of the show. Yeah. And we know if you get three, then your license is gone. Right. So a little later, we've got Earl studying once again. Uh, Fran comes in to tell Robbie that he needs to turn off the TV and do some homework. And Earl questions this uh, parenting decision that she makes and uh, calls the officer over to uh, confirm, and she gets her second ticket of the episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that, Fran, that that Earl really calls him over as much as the officer is always in the background listening. Yeah. So um, then a little later, um, we're in the kitchen. All the Fran's ironing all these clothes. Baby. Oh yeah, all the kids are kind of like demanding her for different things. Like right. Robbie exactly. wants. And she's this. getting. She's getting frustrated charlene wants this baby wants this and yeah she's getting real frustrated um ends up making baby cry after she doesn't let him like play with the clothes that he just folded or something like that and that's it officer comes over this is your third Third citation i'm taking away your license you're done so uh we've got two parents without parenting licenses uh friend and earl talk about parenting for a little bit and she always thought that parenting needs to come from the heart and Earl's like, well, maybe it needs to come from the heart, but also like maybe there should be some things that you should follow. So maybe it's a joint thing of like some manual stuff, some heart stuff. And uh, Earl says, I don't know what. You're, you've kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Okay. Really what happens here. So, so Fran has lost her license and the officer now is in charge of all the kids. And we also find out at this point, because Fran yells at him and says, I'm a mom. I know what I'm doing. Do you even have kids? And we find out. The officer doesn't even have kids, doesn't know anything about raising kids except for what he's learned in his job and reading this book. So he takes over and he gets himself really very quickly into the same position Fran was in where all of the, he kind of, what he does is he brings the kids into the den and says, all right, kids, we're going to have a talk and we're going to understand what's going on. He tries to be very Is this kind before of, or after we find out what Robbie did? This is during. During, okay. During. So he's like, we're going to have a talk and he kind of very methodically says, all right, kids, what's going on? And we find out Robbie scratched Earl's new car. We find out Charlene, I don't even remember what Charlene did, but I think she's just causing trouble with with uh, with Eddie. Oh, I don't know why I said Eddie, with Robbie. And then Baby's just being Baby. And Baby ends up actually stealing the citation book and starts ripping it up behind his back. Uh, we tease it out a little bit. The the officer really doesn't like know how to handle this because he doesn't actually have kids. He's never had to go through this. So he treats it like any officer would. He pulls out a gun, right? Pulls out a gun and she aims, yeah. aims it at the, Points well, it at the kids. Yeah, what, what really escalates it is we find out that Robbie scratched uh, the motorcycle, the new motorcycle, or sorry, the new car on the officer's motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he pulls a gun on three that's children. Right. And Fran and her are all like, no way. And they're like, they've been relegated to the kitchen. There's some police tape there. So they burst through the police tape to come and say, you can't do that. You can't shoot our children. We'll show you how to parent. And then, yeah, uh, officer gives them their licenses back. And... Well, there's a little bit of play here where he says, if anybody finds out I did this, I'm going to lose my job. He's like, if you don't say anything, I'll give you your license back. We'll call it a day. We'll, we'll never talk about it. Um, And then, yeah. They get them back. They agree that uh, parenting is part heart, part knowledge. And uh, you know what? It might. Oh, this is a weird thing. We're like Earl's looking at the camera right here, isn't he? Like says like, uh, you know what? It's not black and white like you see on all the other TV shows. Yeah, it's a it's a call out to say like there's no. Yeah, there's no definitive answer. There's just it's a it's a mix. We're going to play. What does this say? Oh, credit scene, right? Credit scene, yeah. Um, we've got the uh, officer who is. Uh... This is done very much like a like 
end of a, of a procedural right. crime drama where it's like, here's what happens to our main characters. And it's like, duh, duh, the, the officer, officer got suspended for blah, 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 was this. suspended. Yeah. Robbie was grounded for six to 10 years for scratching the car and baby was found guilty on 22 counts of assault with a frying pan. And the baby says, I was framed. Yeah. Eh, that's the, that's your episode. That's the thing. Uh, 9.30, Camp Wilder, Season 1, Episode 10. Boy Loses Girl is the name of this one. I watched this one today, so hopefully I can remember everything that happened in this. But uh, I did, too. Brody is uh, telling Beth that uh, he was driving, and his car broke down. And when his car broke down, he saw someone selling flowers on the side of the road. Guess who it was? And Dorfman's like, oh, oh, oh I know. And uh, Dor- <laughs> Dorfman was the one that was selling flowers on the side of the road. And they, like, they tell him, isn't that just like... Uh, like the religious something people or something for or, cults. Yeah, the cults. There was, this storyline seemed like they were trying to give it some legs, but n- n- with no real purpose. Like I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of untapped comedy here, or like, like why didn't they just say, "Isn't intense. that what homeless people do on the side of the road?" But that's not what they were going for. That's not. But what they why were trying didn't to they do. go with that with the rest of this episode? Is what I didn't understand. I, I mean, I hear you. I understand, I, and I don't know why. Maybe they thought that was just too much. Maybe right. originally that's how it was. We can written. only have one homeless storyline in this episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's selling flowers on the side of the road. Ricky comes home and tells, uh, oh, Brody tells Ricky, I need a new car right now. She's like, well, I can't. I don't have enough money. And she's like, well, mom and dad left money. And she's like, that's only for big things, which I'm like, car seems like a car is kind of one of those things, I would think. Yeah. But uh, she's like, you need to go get a job. And everyone's like, job? No. So theme song. Dorfman does offer. Wait, wait. Before the theme song, Dorfman says, "Hey, you can come. You can come sell, sell roses with, with me." And and Brody's like, "Is there any money in that?" And he's like, "I don't know. Let me talk to my accountant." And he pulls out a cell phone and like presumably calls his accountant. Uh, theme song. Come back. Brody is uh, now working for like celebrity house tours. Like he's got a van and he's just driving yeah, like people around tours. and saying. That's a fun job. has got to be a fun job, I would think. Yeah. As a kid. Especially when you're like Brody and you're giving a whole bunch of uh, foreign, non English speaking people a tour <laughs> and you just, it doesn't even matter. You can just point out the window and say whatever you want. They don't know what you're say talking whatever about. Whatever you want. I will say a couple notes on some of these people. So okay. the the Asian man in the back of the uh, back of the van, we we saw him a couple episodes ago on on uh, Family Matters. He was the uh, Ch- Chinese food delivery man. Okay. <laughs> in that episode, um, Benjamin Lum is his is the actor's name, and then the 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 main person in this this van the the girl that's in the front seat yeah we, we don't really find out anything about her at this point but that is AJ Langer who played Ray Ann Graff in. Um, my so-called life so we've almost had the entire wow. cast of my so-called life on this season of of tgif and we know we have jared leto left so we'll get pretty much everybody we had claire danes on claire. no oh. she's the only one that we're not going to see she's the only one we're not going to see but That's you're saying we say. do see jared leto jared leto's on an episode two episodes i think of, of camp wilder oh. um so aj langer though i gotta say this and i see i know you don't really know much of, or you didn't watch my so-called life if i remember correctly every but, once in a while it was on mtv my sister would watch it and i would like be in the room i guarantee it. you when they cast aj langer in that show they saw this episode and was like that's who we want oh in this show for character? this character very similar the it, it's definitely dialed up to be more of like a she was a, great a, in this episode she's a great actress it's it's uh the the character in my soul life is definitely this character but dialed up for more of a you know older teen audience and and that kind of mtv audience but I guarantee you, they saw this this episode and were like, "We need her for that for wow. this role." Okay, let's get her on the show. Let's ask her. Yeah, sure. I'd love to have her on the show. She's got. I mean, I I love my so called life. So. Um. All right. So. Yeah, he's uh, driving around a bunch of people. Um, he's pointing out different houses. They don't know any of the shows or movies that he's talking about. And then uh, he's like, "What? What do you guys know?" And like, they find out thirty something is what everyone watches. I guess. 30 something and but then, then so there's the the asian guy in the background and then there's the there's this french guy and so brody says oh that's jerry lewis's house which we, you know there was always that joke that the french people love jerry lewis and so the french guy's excited oh, jumps the out of the car <laughs> yeah and then he's like and that's madonna's house and the asian guy loves madonna i guess and jumps out of the car yeah uh, and, and so while he gets, he's trying to get them back in the car he realizes yeah. the girl that's sitting next to him has also disappeared and he has no idea where she went yeah and he she has they haven't talked at all because she just didn't say anything to him while they were in the in the van. So uh, the next scene, we're back at the house. Um, we've got this whole little storyline too here with Danielle looking for yeah. her blue coffee mug. Like 
this blue coffee mug is really special to her and she really wants it back and she sees Sophie's using it and she's trying to get it back now and throughout the entire episode. I laughed out loud at the joke at this point. When so Danielle is like, I want that she finds Sophie using the mug. She's like, I really want that mug back. It means a lot to me. And Sophie's like, no, find another mug. And Danielle says, look, that mug reminds me of, you know, when my parents were breaking up and I was scared that my dad was going to leave and not come back. And I knew that I would always have that mug and in case my dad didn't come back. And Sophie says, well, if he didn't come back, just use his mug. And I thought it was the, I, I do not deliver that like she delivered it, but it was a solid LOL joke. It was good stuff. So uh, Brody gets home at this point too, um, tells Ricky he lost a girl. And he's really worried, upset, and uh, he thinks he needs to go find her. Yes. And that's what he decides. Yeah. Well, Ricky Ricky also makes him kind of realize that given that she was on his tour, she is, in fact, his responsibility, and he needs to go find her. All right, so that's where we're at now. We've got, uh, it's nighttime, Dorfman and Brody, they're in the van, they're driving around, they're looking for this girl. Um, and do they show... What what else happens right here? Do they show like there's some for some reason Dorfman kicks Brody or Brody kicks Dorfman out of the van and says, Go look by yourself and then That's kind of it. And that's kind of it, and then they cut back to the house. Yeah, so now we're at the house. Um Danielle and Sophie are still arguing about this blue coffee mug. Well, Danielle is Danielle has now tricked Sophie and has painted a duck on a blue mug to make Sophie think that that is the the, the mug that she attempted to trick. I don't think it tricked her. Right. No, she doesn't fall for it. Beth calls her out too. It's, it doesn't go as she planned. Yep. And then Brody gets back, um, says he found the girl and found out that she's homeless. And Ricky asks if they like found her a place, uh, somewhere to stay. And then Dorfman and the girl walk in and yep. we find out right around here. Water. Her name is Lydia too. Maybe the next Correct. one. So uh, they show the girl in the kitchen. She's chowing down on some food, which is what you were saying was like Urkel yep. chowing down some food. Going Urkel on the on the food. Uh, Brody's just kind of watching her. Melissa comes down. Brody talks to her about, uh, or Brody's talking to Lydia about why she was even on the van. She's like, well, I had AC. And then Ricky uh, brings down a bunch of clothes for her. She's like, here, you can have this stuff. And she's thankful for it. Like, she's glad that she's got this stuff. And, and Brody asks her, starts asking her like a whole bunch of questions, like what's it like to be homeless, and like what do you do on these days? Like it's obviously annoying her at this point. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. So uh, Ricky's like, "Hey, Brody, can I talk to you for a minute?" So they go into the living room, and uh, Ricky tells Brody, "Hey, she can't stay. We need to find her some sort of program or some sort of home." And Brody doesn't want to do this. He wants to take care of her, and uh, he goes back into the kitchen to tell Lydia, but. She's gone. She heard all this stuff and got out of the house. Yeah, she left. So it's nighttime again. Um, Ricky goes into Brody's room to uh, see if he's okay about everything that happened and uh, kind of kind of apologizing about how things I happened. I mean, it's more of like a, you know, just a tough situation. Sorry for it has yeah. to be the way it is. Uh, she says goodnight to him. She leaves. He goes to uh, open up his window, and just like Steve Urkel would be coming in, uh, Lydia comes into the window and into Brody's room. And just to be clear, he knew she was out there. She was he was yeah. hiding her out there while Ricky was coming in. This was the little plan. Like he must have gone to the yeah. kitchen and said, "Hey, go hide outside." And then when uh, Ricky goes to bed, I'll let you in my window. So that's what's going on. Um, then uh, she starts kind of like cleaning up his room and he's like what are you doing she's like well if i had lydia just so lydia starts cleaning up his yeah room. lydia's like if i if i had a place of my own like it would be so clean and it would have like, towels and soaps and all this stuff and candles or something and uh she's like pretty much saying that like you have to appreciate the things that you have and right. uh i'm sorry to lose my voice <clears throat> so then we hear a knock on the door he, he hides lydia in the closet and it, it is Ricky again. Um, yeah, and she, Brody's holding his clothes. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm cleaning my room, which she obviously is confused by. Well, he gets her to hide in the closet too during this, right? He's like, well, he does. And, he, and so he's holding the clothes and that, and, and Ricky's like, what are you doing? And, and he's like, I'm, I'm cleaning my room. And she's like, I, I don't believe that at all. Um, but she, she just kind of, again, makes sure he's okay. He's fine. She leaves again. And Lydia comes back out of the closet. At which yeah, point we and, hear Ricky coming back in. And the whole time... She's Brody's like, I don't want to stay if there's going to be a problem. Like, uh, I don't yeah. want to 
be a burden to you. And she's like, yeah. Then Ricky comes back and she uh, hides in the bed this time. Lydia jumps under the covers, pulls the covers over. It's not a good hiding spot because everyone can see her. But Well, Brody's like sitting on her. Brody like sits on her the whole time that he's talking to Ricky trying to hide her. But yeah, Ricky finds her in the bed and uh, she's like, uh, I don't want you to have to lie and I don't want lying to happen, but she can't be here. We have to send her to a shelter. But then Brody's like, I, th- I can help her. I know I can help her. And Ricky's like, okay, right. fine. We can, I think we can, we can help. I think we, we can, can help try. Her. So the next day we've got uh Danielle and Sophie still talking about this blue coffee mug. Uh, Dorfman and Beth get home. Uh, Lydia's helping out in the kitchen, like cleaning up, cooking. I do think it's important stuff. that we mentioned that Beth has now joined the same cult that Dorfman <sighs> is selling roses for. Uh, Brody is, uh, oh, Brody's like, why don't you try to, call? I, what I did, no, no, I no. did all this stuff. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So what, I called a shelter Brody who called in. the police who got in contact with your father and I talked to him and uh, I think you should give him a call. Right. Right. Yep. Um, and then she gets upset that he did all this stuff and, uh, but he's like, she says, all right, I'll call him. So she gets on the phone. Um, and you kind of hear the conversation, like, uh, she's checking in telling him that she's in LA and that she's fine and that she's sorry. And they say, I mean, the call seems like it's going perfect. Very heartfelt, very sweet. Like things are going to be on the right track. Yeah. Uh, you hear him say, I love you on it. And then, uh, this is where, I mean, at least I was like, she actually calling him. I don't think this is happening. So, uh, she hangs up, she tells them, well, I mean, it looks like things might be working out. My dad's going to come out on the first flight from Dallas. We're going to talk at the airport and see how it goes. And then uh, Sophie gives uh, Lydia the blue coffee mug. Danielle's heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, Ricky is very proud of Brody that he was able to get her to call her dad and get things worked out. Uh, Melissa comes downstairs while everyone's super happy about what's going on. She hits redial on the phone and it goes right to the movie hotline. She did not call her dad. Did you catch what the movie was on the movie hotline? No. What was it? Dracula. Dracula. Huh. How about that? Um, Dorfman doesn't understand how redial on the phone works. Doesn't realize that uh, that's what she was trying to prove. (laughs) But uh, it's like, oh, that's her dad. Cool. That guy's really famous. And then uh, (laughs) Melissa says, and I saw her climbing out the window. So that's when, yeah, that's when I knew something was up. Lydia's gone again. Uh, Brody once again goes to try to search for her. Uh, when they show him outside, I thought he was like driving around, but I guess he's just in the driveway. Maybe he already went, yeah. went and came back. I think back. he already went. He's come back. I honestly thought uh, Ricky comes up to the side of the van to talk to him. I thought it was it was Lydia at first, but yeah. it, it's, it's Ricky. So yeah, Ricky just came outside, saw him sitting in the driveway, uh, talks to him and it's like, uh, you know what? I mean, like you might not have completely worked it out, but at least now she knows that there's someone out there that cares for her. And like every little thing you do, I mean, it just makes the world a better place. If people she literally it. almost gives word for word the George Bush thousand points of light speech That's where funny. she's like, one little light doesn't make a difference, but all these lights to- might not make a difference, but all these lights together, you know, it's, it's the George Bush thousand points of light speech. Yeah, and then uh, Ricky goes inside, and Brody says uh, he'll be in in a minute. And then uh, they have this scene of Lydia at a diner drinking out of the blue coffee cup, smiling. And she's got like a smile on her face for some reason, even though she's because like I think it's showing like Ricky said like if someone does something like nice or something, yeah, yeah, people care for her. Sure, no credit scene, right? No. No, that was during the credits, I believe. Oh, was it? Okay. So yeah, that's it. That's our lineup. That's our four episodes of TGIF this week. We do like to try to rank these things on our preference of how we liked them. Uh, four, three, two, one. You want to go first? You want me to go? Uh, that's a tough one because these are all kind of like... Kind of similar. Serious. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say... Step by step. At I, don't think four. They were, I don't think it was a great week. I, I don't know. I like some of these a little bit. but So step by step at four... Dinosaurs at three, Family Matters at two, wow. and and Camp Water at one. <clears throat> I liked Camp Water. I thought it was good. I like I like I like AJ Langer. I, I thought it was a good episode. The the Family Matters had some humor. It, it was a good episode. Step by step, our uh, dinosaurs. I mean, it was fine. I didn't, I didn't really didn't really care much for it. And the step by step, I just thought was a little weird. So I'm gonna go a little out of order from what you did. I'm gonna say uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna say step by step. What did you have at one? Camp Wilder. I'm going to say step by step at four, Camp Wilder at 
Man, these are bad. I don't even really like any of them. They're just it's just a serious week. It wasn't a fun week. Like it was just wasn't fun. I'll just say I like I'm gonna put dinosaurs at one. Um Ooh. mainly because the closest uh, thing to humor we had the entire Yeah, and I really liked the joke with uh you don't need a license to hunt or fish, but you can need, need a license for this. <laughs> sure. That that got sure. me. Um all right, so uh next week on the show all reruns. All reruns. So we're going to do like a Thanksgiving special. And we'll yeah. figure out what that is. We don't know what that means, but uh, next week, hopefully we will. We'll have an episode for you to sit down at the table and uh, hit the play button on your something. And you can listen to this with your family listen. instead of listening to them uh, talk about uh, it, Trump it'll be running again for president or something. It'll be on Black Friday. Oh, yeah. It's so you can, listen, you can listen to it while you're in line at Best Buy. Well, I, don't even, I don't even know. No, why get, you're no one gets in line anymore. I know, I know. I'm just making stuff up. I, I did want to mention though, um, another update on GalaxyCon is oh. they, they announced McFoley, and I, I sent them a message trying to say like, "Hey, can we get a Boy Meets World plus McFoley like group picture?" And they said, "We'll, we'll, we'll ask. We'll see if we can figure something out." Oh, did they message you back? Well, I mean, it was pretty casual, okay. but we'll see what happens. Cool. So, so uh, yeah. thanks again to Joel for the uh, theme song this week. Yeah, thanks, Joel. TGIFcast at gmail.com. That's the email address at TGIFcast on all social media. And uh, we'll be here next week for our Thanksgiving special. Thanksgiving or special. Black Friday special. What do we want to call it? <laughs> Thanksgiving. Black Friday because it's TGIF, right? Let's do Black Friday special. Okay. It's our Black Friday special. We might talk about like Thanksgiving stuff, but yeah, we'll just talk about Black Panther the whole time. It's a great movie. It's so good. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. So, anything else, Steve? No, that's it. All right, man. Have a good week. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGI. TBA Podcast.